Hey, what's going on? Shane at Shane Hubbard Fit and the Barbells and Burgers podcast. This podcast is brought to you by ground turkey, vegetables, and brown or white rice, depending on the day. <laughs> I just got finished with lunch, and uh, so I figured I'd throw out a little shout out to my favorite lunch uh, meal. Uh, yes, it's super boring, but it definitely gets the job done. And it's my go-to easy uh, lunch for the day. I actually didn't think I was going to be able to record today's podcast. Uh, today was the first day back at the gym. So gyms are opening up in California uh, left and right. And today was our first day. It was a, it was a great success. Uh, well, I still have the later half of the day, but the morning was definitely a success. And it's, it's sort of... Um, it's sort of odd, I guess, you know, with certain uh, things that we can and cannot do, you know, like shaking, you know, uh, clients' hands is no longer a thing. There's, We've uh, reverted to, or not reverted, but we've uh, changed it up to elbow pumps and things like that. Uh, training with a face mask is an interesting process. Uh, the nice thing, though, is, is that when nobody's around me, um, I can take it off and sort of breathe, you know, actual air. So it's really just a close proximity uh, precaution, as you can imagine. Um, so yeah, you know, today's a, a good day. And today, I, again, I thought I would be so busy, I wouldn't be able to do this. So I'm really glad that I was able to uh, get this recording in. Uh, so this will be releasing today because this is, this is Monday, this is the day that I usually throw out a podcast. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and jump right into today's topics. I think it's uh, I mean, one of the things that I've wanted to talk about for a little bit uh, is a question that I got uh, at the beginning of the year, and it was a really, really good question, and I had never been asked it before, um, and it made plenty of sense as to what you know what, what I thought my answer was going to be, but I decided to look a little bit deeper, and that question is, should you continue to eat even though you're not hungry in order to hit your macros? So let's say that, uh, you know, for the sake of uh, making this simple, that you're goal is to eat 2000 calories a day that puts you in a deficit that's you know going to help you lose body fat at whatever rate that works best for you and let's just say that it's you know about uh, you know three quarters of a pound a week or something in that neighborhood right um and so you're thinking okay well i'm gonna eat throughout the week and you notice that consistently you get to the calorie amount that you're, that you're shooting for um, or you're trying to get to that amount, but you know, you always fall like 300 calories short, which makes it difficult to get your protein intake or your protein amount or your target for the day. And you notice this happens throughout the entire week. So you might be a little concerned, right? These targets are designed for optimization of your nutrition and your fat loss. You know, what should you do in that scenario? So I'm going to give you some very simple and easy uh, adjustments that you can make to, you know, make this process a whole lot easier. So the first thing that I want to address is a couple of scenarios why this can happen in the first place. So one of the things we, or I shouldn't say we, or who am I speaking for? One of the things that I do in my coaching is I try to slowly move somebody through the scale of you know, not only hitting your macros, but also trying to do so in a whole foods based manner. I'm certainly not against processed foods, but processed foods come with their own challenges. And a lot of times if the majority of your diet is processed food based, 
you're sort of going to be chasing hunger almost constantly. Not always, and again, not for everyone. But I would I have seen a very consistent pattern with the people that are still, you know, they're hitting their macronutrients, they're hitting their calorie targets, but they still complain of, you know, like late night binging or like the urge to binge or they get really intense sweet cravings. And some of this can be expected no matter what. If you're somebody who is eating a lot of sugar or a lot of processed foods in general and you start to cut back a little bit, you're, you're still going to have that craving, right? That intensity, your brain is used to getting, you know, sort of um, a certain level of pleasure from these foods. And so it can, well, I wouldn't say it's like a, a drug withdrawal. You can sort of have these withdrawal symptoms and having really intense cravings. Um, but as you sort of wean yourself into a more whole foods based nutrition plan, those start to go away because your taste buds start to adjust. Everything's adapting to a different, um, you know, a different system because of the nutrition that you're putting into your body. And what will happen a lot of times is that when you set up your calorie targets, again, they're always, it's always a moving target and until you start to see a pattern uh, of consistency with your calorie intake and what your weight does, right? If you weigh yourself every day uh, for four entire weeks, you know, straight, and you start to notice that you're losing weight at whatever rate, you know, you're, you have a downward trend on your scale or on your graph, then you know that you're doing everything right. You know, the amount of calories you're consuming on average is what you need to create a deficit. You know, your exercise is probably on point and everyone's going to be on a different, you know, um, uh, spectrum in regards to this because we all have, you know, a couple of different metrics. Some might exercise more than others. Some might have uh, need to drop into a lower calorie deficit, whatever it might be. What you'll start to find is, is that eating whole foods naturally displaces some of the calories you were eating before. So let's say that for the sake of argument, you were eating, you know, 26, uh, hundred calories a day and you you know that's what you realized you were eating and and you weren't necessarily gaining body fat but you certainly weren't losing so you're you're maintaining or on, on average gaining fat very slowly so it really didn't show up that that often and um you know you drop down to 2000 calories and you start to notice wow you know on 2600 calories i could probably could have had a little bit more but you know what i'm noticing is because i've moved closer and i've included more whole foods in my nutrition um it's it's actually difficult it's actually a challenge to eat more than 2000 calories and in our example earlier you're you know maybe you're only getting 1800 calories so you know 200 calories shy of of your calorie deficit goal and so you're like okay, should I keep eating, you know, should I try to still eat 2000 calories a day? And, and that's what we're going to talk about next. So the short answer is no. The short answer is in the beginning, when you are trying to figure out what a good calorie deficit is for you, you sort of want to use both your appetite. So in your satiety, so how hungry you feel and, you know, how full you feel from certain meals as a, as a, a gauge to understand, okay, am I, am I getting the right amount of calories, especially when you're trying to lose body fat? And we'll, we'll sort of break this up into three different goals. Cause I know other people, uh, you know, I know somebody listening to this is, is thinking, well, what about someone who's trying to build muscle? What would be the answer there? We'll get to that. Uh, definitely. But if you're trying to lose body fat, you don't want to force yourself to eat more. Um, you actually want to try to control your appetite and eat as many calories as that allows you to do, be content, but also lose body fat. So that's why trying to portion more of your, or I should say partition more of your calories in the form of whole foods is going to make that process a lot easier. 
So if you are feeling full on 1800 calories and you, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, do I have to eat 200 more calories? The answer is no. What you might want to do, if this is a consistent pattern, like maybe you've noticed this over the course of an entire week, or maybe it's been sort of fluctuating, but over the course last course of uh, or the course of two weeks, you've noticed a significant drop in your appetite, where it's actually going to take more effort to try to eat more calories than it would be to you know just simply eat what felt natural. Um, and this is sort of the audio regulation. Uh, aspect of your appetite. And this becomes a lot easier to uh, be consistent with when you are eating foods that uh, really trigger satiety hormones. So um, for those that aren't familiar with what satiety hormones are, it's basically your body operates on, on hunger hormones um, and also satiety hormones. So uh, our, our ancestors essentially didn't have any way of counting calories and and didn't really have any knowledge about how to manage their food. It was just, they just relied on when they were full and, you know, and then when they were hungry, they relied on that. But they didn't face the same problem that we face today, which is the availability of foods that do not uh, strongly influence uh, our, our satiety hormones. You know, highly processed foods are actually, they're, they're actually taking out the three most important satiety uh, nutrients, which is water and uh, protein and fat. In some regards, fat is actually uh, very satiating. Uh, you only need a little bit of it, which makes sense. It's double the calories. If, if our ancestors were eating, you know, pounds of fat, we would have uh, ancestors with obesity problems because they would be eating way more calories and they really would consume. So the, the most satiating foods are going to be your high fiber foods, your high protein foods, your fat foods, and then also your high fiber. Did I already say that? I think I already said fi- fiber, protein, water. I meant to say water, water and uh, fat. So, you know, those are the, f- the four most consistent satiety uh, signaling um, uh, nutrients. And, you know, most processed food would ha- will have one of these two things, right? They'll have, um, you know, fat in it. They'll usually combine that with salt and maybe even some sugar. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Coca-Cola has been putting salt in their Coke for a really long time, actually. And that's because if they increase the sodium content of their drinks, you'll continue to be thirsty, which means you'll continue to drink the Coke. So it's, uh, if you didn't know that, it's a little known secret. Just look, the next time you buy a Coke... Look at the nutrition facts and look at the sodium. Um, some might be lower than others, but on average, there's going to be some sodium in there, and that is to get your, uh, you know, your thirst hormones. I don't know if there's a hormone for thirst, but you're going to start feeling more thirsty and want to want to drink more. So um, that's kind of an interesting uh, side topic. But anyway, my point is is that most processed food is. Uh, created in order to sort of bypass or at least not signal satiety as strongly, which is why, you know, you could pull, uh, uh, pour an entire, you know, bowl of cereal that could very easily equate to 450 calories, eat it and hardly feel full at all. Um, that's, that's actually very common. Um, I've worked with a couple of clients who have cereal for breakfast and they're like, you know, I just don't feel full. And I'm like, well, yeah, because you're basically eating the most processed carbohydrate you can. By the time you're, it hits your stomach, it, 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 does, it doesn't disintegrate, but it digests so quickly that your satiety hormones don't even get triggered. And so um, that's something to keep in mind. And, and by the way, our satiety hormones are triggered in lots of different ways. It's Sometimes it's the um, composition. So foods that have protein will uh, trigger satiating hormones, uh, fat, foods with fat in them, uh, the volume 
of food. So fiber technically, you know, the, the, when your stomach is filling up with food, that descent um, in your in your gut will basically trigger a, a signal to your brain saying, hey, we're, you know, we're getting plenty of food, um, you know, start telling, you know, the, the brain or the brain is starting to tell the body we don't need as much anymore or however that works. I'm not exactly sure if the body's telling the brain. It's usually the body telling the brain because it's the stomach that's descending. Um, and then, you know, when you get things like water, you know, you're properly hydrated and, and water adds volume, at least temporarily to your stomach. And so that can trigger uh, feelings of more fullness. And, you know, volume in general is a, a good determinant of, of creating a satiety effect because, you know, our ancestors really relied on that. Uh, if you look at all the foods our ancestors ate, they were high fiber, high protein, uh, you know, minimally, if not can not if not at all, completely void of processing. Um, there was obviously you know some processing uh, in sort of a limited fashion as the human race started to evolve, and you know we started agriculture and things like that. But um, that circling back to the point, really, when we're when we're talking about should you. Uh, you know, eat past the point of fullness, the answer is no, especially when you're trying to lose weight. Um, what you would want to do is just readjust your calories. So if you notice, you know, if you're keeping diligent records of the food that you're eating and you notice that for an entire week straight, you really couldn't, you know, you, you weren't hungry past 1800 calories and everything else was kept the same, you know, you were your activity was relatively the same, your sleep was relatively the same, you know, it's not gonna be perfect, but it's it's really not varying that much. And you notice your appetite is dropping, uh, you know, you're not as hungry and, and you're not forcing yourself to eat less, you just notice that naturally you're not as hungry, then what I would do is just set your calorie deficit to 1800 calories and then readjust your macros. Most apps these days, as soon as you change the total amount of calories, the, you know, the, the, the macros are just a percentage of total calories, by the way. I don't, I don't know if I've done a dedicated podcast on this, but sometimes I'll get the question like, oh, well, what should my macros be if I change my calories? And it's percentages. So the percentages are just based on the total amount of calories. So you don't actually have to change any of your percentages um, if you, unless you maybe want to change the preference of carbs to fats or something like that. But uh, in a, on average, you don't have to worry about that um, as, as long as you are adjusting your total calorie intake to reflect sort of what your appetite is already doing. Then you, you're sort of winning the game on both sides of the equation. You're both learning how to become more sensitive to your appetite signals, you're eating foods that are going to make that a much easier job for yourself. Um, and as you start to lose body fat and you start to have an easier time with your appetite, weight loss is going to be sort of just another habit or another practice. It's not going to be this grueling, you know, like a marathon the entire time. Like, listen, there is going to be some difficulty with losing body fat. Some days you're going to be hungrier than your calories will quote unquote allow for. And some days you, like we're talking about right now, you won't be able to eat enough calories to, to equal your total. Um, it is very much your body changing in over the long period of time, but it shouldn't be absolutely grueling to where, you know, you feel like you're, uh, fighting an uphill battle every single day. Some days might be more challenging than others, but it shouldn't be a constant chronic, you know, just absolute agony and suffering the entire time. That's how you know you're doing something wrong and you should you know, tighten up on something you're doing in order to understand exactly why you, you actually feel that way because you shouldn't. So that's what I would recommend. I would just recommend adjusting your calories and dropping them another one to 200, especially if you're noticing that your goal is 2000, but you really are getting 
everything you need in terms of satiation at 1800 calories, then for a week, drop it back down. And then if for whatever reason you realize your appetite's like going absolutely bananas, go back, you know, up to 2000. Um, don't make rash decisions off of one single day, but again, take the, take the average of the week and just see what's going on. And the beauty about that is, is that if you're, if you're feeling good and you're dropping calories, that's sort of the best scenario, right? A lot of times when you drop calories, the feeling of, you know, absolute agony starts to kick in because you're like, oh, I can only eat this many calories and you start obsessing about it and you're not using it as a way to match your hunger, right? That can be the more challenging part. And don't get me wrong when I say this, but you know, the, the calorie part of it is just one part. Like it's an important part, but it's just one part. It could also be your macronutrient split. Like um, in my free fat loss calculator, one of the reasons why I give those macronutrients away for free in, in terms of a, a good place to start is because on average, most people are have a very skewed macronutrient profile where the vast majority of their calories come from carbs and fats and not enough comes from protein. And um, what I've noticed both just in my own life with you know counting macros and, and managing my calories and with coaching people is that, you know, it's actually a bit of a challenge. It actually requires some work to get enough protein. It's it's one of those things that doesn't necessarily come naturally unless maybe you're an athlete and you've worked with somebody who can who who has helped you understand the importance of macros. Um, but yeah, if you don't have that prior training or you're not listening to this podcast or following any of my content, you, you probably don't even think that much about protein. Um, maybe to you, calories are just calories. And that's not a bad place to start if that's where you need to start. But at the end of the day, um, you know, the more you can dial in your macronutrients in, in somewhat specific ratios with enough flexibility to allow for, you know, um, you know, some fun here and there or preference in terms of the foods that you eat, you know, you don't really have to worry so much about your, your macronutrients after that. It's really about adjusting your calories to meet your goals. And then the macros will sort of fall in place as, as, you know, as you want it to work for you. So, um, you know, to very simply reiterate the question, uh, should you be eating past the point of, um, of your calorie total if you're if you're if you need to hit your targets or something like that like you know on the other end of the spectrum you because you might be thinking okay well i'm not hungry but i need 20 more grams of protein should i eat no no you're fine um if you have the right macronutrient profile if you have the, it set up to where you know calories from protein is somewhere in the 25 to 30 percent and you're you know 20 grams of protein shy and that's not a big deal if you now if you're consistently doing that it might be better to start tweaking things right it's the it's the consistent efforts or the chronic patterns that we see that we need to make adjustments to not a single day that's slightly off like i can tell you uh, with extreme confidence that some days i'll get like 210 grams of protein a day and some days i'll only get you know 150 which is you know only about 20 grams under my minimum but stressing over it doesn't do me any good. It just, you know, I just need to readjust and think, okay, well, you know, my calories today were probably two partitions towards carbs and fats and I didn't get enough protein. And that's, and that's happened before. Like it actually just happened, I think last week where I didn't meet my protein goal uh, or my minimum goal for that day. Um, because I was eating so much vegetables. Like I had so many servings of, of carb rich, or I'm sorry, uh, fiber rich, 
carbohydrate vegetables. And when I looked back at my, what I was eating, I was like, oh, well, it's not like I was stuffing my face with, you know, bread and donuts. I was eating, you know, broccoli and carrots and bell peppers and the carbs added up really quickly. I even looked at, you know, how many of those carbs were fiber. And I think it was like 30 grams. So, you know, that's why keeping track of your food is so powerful because you can make really educated decisions when you understand what it is that you are eating, right? If you sort of just kind of wing it and you're not really, you know, in it to win it, so to speak, or in it to optimize, it's really hard to make adjustments because you're kind of just shooting from the hip and not really taking accuracy into consideration. Now, not everyone's at the stage that I'm at or even someone else might be at with tracking their food, but you need to get on that wagon to some extent. Keeping track of your food is one of the most powerful experiences that you'll have and and one of the most empowering experiences you will have. There's this sort of common misconception that tracking your food is an obsessive behavior that can lead to, you know, mental and physical uh, harm. And it's like, yeah, maybe in extreme cases, you know, maybe if you're being coached on how to do it wrong, maybe if you're not getting any guidance or, you know, advice on how to do it, if you're sort of just left up to your own devices, I can see how, you know, that's happened to me. I've become uh, obsessive in the past when I was, you know, lacking education on how to do these things and didn't have, you know, the research and experience that I have now. And that's one of the reasons why I talk about this so much is because I don't want you to go through the same, you know, frustrating experience of becoming obsessive, obsessive over calories. And, um, you know, when you just look at it from a from a daily numbers game, it can very well become obsessive. But when you look at it as a weekly average and you start to realize that that day that you ate 150 calories over your your limit is a wash when you consider all the other days that you were in a calorie deficit by, you know, however many calories you set for yourself. So, you know, that's that's what I try to encourage. And so let's talk a little bit now about what you would do if you're trying to gain weight. Like let's say you're, you know, you're at a healthy lean body fat and you're at the point now where you actually want to put on some muscle. So you know, you need to be in a calorie surplus. And let's use the example that we used before with 2000 calories. Um, Let's say your calorie surplus is somewhere in the neighborhood of 2,700 calories, right? Your maintenance is somewhere in the way in number of 20, uh, you know, 2450, you know, 2450 to, you know, 2500, something like that. So a surplus for you might be 2,700 calories. So you're probably thinking, well, I've been eating 2,000 calories a day. Should I just jump all the way up to 2,700? No, you should not. And if you need more uh, uh, sort of guidance and depth in this topic, make sure you go check out the podcast I did on uh, reverse dieting and how to, you know, basically just reverse the process of dieting, but do it in a way that's, you know, gradual and, you know, 100 calories a week at a time. Keep an eye on your weight. If your weight is, you know, increasing very steeply, like you're, you know, you, you're gaining five pounds in, in a week, then uh, on average anyway, and okay, you're probably eating too many calories above your maintenance. You need to slowly build up back to your maintenance. And then once your body has sort of regulated its weight at, your maintenance calories, then what you'll do is then you'll start slowly adding more calories until you get to a point where, yeah, you might be putting on a little bit of body fat. It's to be expected anytime you're in a calorie surplus. But if you're doing all the right things with resistance training, some of that should also be muscle. And you can sort of mitigate the amount of fat you gain by being very uh, meticulous about how many calories you increase and, and also your strength training program and you know, where you're getting those calories from, you know, it's not just, Hey, let's go eat pizza. Now that I'm in a calorie surplus, it's, 
it's a it's a basically the same process just in reverse of of losing weight you know you're just adding calories but you're still doing it in a in a moderate way uh so that you don't uh get all that extra fat put on your body just because you went from 2000 calories to 2700 calories that's just not gonna gonna work out pretty for you so that's sort of what i wanted to address when it came to that question is that you know forcing yourself to eat is really only going to happen in situations where you're trying to gain weight like let's say you're a really scrawny girl or a really scrawny guy and you guys you want to build muscle right you want to build some more muscle Um, and your appetite is used to eating, you know, 2000 calories a day. And the important thing is to not rush into a calorie surplus. It's important to take your time. If you're at a 2000 calorie amount and you've noticed that pretty much keeps your weight where it is, increase your calories by like one to 200 calories a day, measure your weight every single day and see what your scale, you know, produces. Yes. You're going to see an upward trend. Upward trend is, you know, that's that basically, uh, verifies that you're in a calorie surplus, but it's the rate at which you are increasing your weight that you need to be wary of. If your rate of increase in terms of weight is, you know, very high, then most of that's body fat. You're not building muscle that quickly. It's it, muscle. takes a long time to build. It's not one of those things that, you know, you might've seen some kind of ad for, Oh, I gained 10 pounds of muscle in two months. It's like, only if you were like brand new to lifting weights, you'd never lifted a weight in your life. Do I even think that's possible? And even that is is probably way out the way outside of the realm of, of possibility. Any for an absolute, any, sorry, I'm talking so fast. My, I can't keep my, my lips can't keep up. That's a rate of weight increase through muscle that just isn't seen in, in natural muscle building or natural bodybuilding. So, you know, take your time. If your weight is steadily increasing, you know, maybe you're, you're sort of gaining a half a pound to a pound every single week. And, you know, you do that pretty marginally and your body fat is, is not spiking, then you'll be fine. And in that case, you would have to, it's not that you're forcing yourself to eat, it's that you need to get more calories. And sort of the nice thing here is, is that one of the things you can do is, you can include a little bit more processed food to get those extra calories because a calorie surplus, um, although, you know, you, if you're hitting your protein targets, then a calorie surplus, the fun about it is, is that you're basically split, splitting up the amount of calories you get through carbs and fats. And those are your really tasty type foods. And so you can throw in, you know, half a chocolate bar if it puts you 200 calories over, or you can fit in, you know, sort of more processed treat like food. So long as you're still managing your total calories, you're not going way overboard. The problem that I see for a lot of people is that when they include processed foods in their, even in their weight loss plan is that sometimes not always, certainly not always, um, you know, this sort of triggers this all or nothing mindset where somebody might have, you know, what they allocated for themselves in terms of a candy bar or some ice cream and, and they don't stop, right. They, they just keep eating because it's so good and they've been depriving it from themselves for so long or something to that extent. And, uh, that can sort of be the the issue. But if you have control enough to just allocate yourself, the amount of calories that you need, then you'll be fine. And, and that's sort of the approach and mindset that you want to take going into that. So, you know, to sort of wrap up this podcast and this episode, um, no, I do not believe that you should eat past the point of hunger to meet your macronutrients. What you should do instead is either adjust your total calories, especially if you notice it over a long period of time, you're 
you keep trying to hit 2000 calories, but you know, you, you can't do it because you're just going to stuff yourself and be uncomfortable and your stopping point is 1800 calories, then readjust your calorie deficit to reflect 1800 calories and be happy with the fact that you found a lower amount of calories that you can consume, not be starving yourself and actually sustainably lose more body fat because you're creating more of a deficit. And then on the flip side, if you are somebody who's trying to gain muscle mass, just know that you are going to have to eat more calories in that scenario. You don't have to rush into it, but you know you can include some more of those fun foods, those processed foods to help you get some extra calories. You don't have to try to bulk up or get more muscle by just eating whole foods. In fact, that would be uh, very hard to do. Um, so you can include, you know, sort of more carb rich or, you know, fat rich foods or highly more, you know, more highly processed foods when managed, of course, unmanaged. That's when things become, you know, a problem. <laughs> um, anything that's managed is going to have much better results anyway. So again, like when I, <clears throat> when I talk about eating more whole foods, the person who doesn't want to manage that well should be pretty much focusing on only eating whole foods during a fat loss phase because they're not going to put in the diligent accuracy and effort that would allow them more flexibility. The more sort of control and awareness you have around the calories you consume, the more flexibility you're going to be able to have because you have more options when you're, it's the same way, like if you're given, a, if you're getting paid $4,000 a month, you, and you know where your money is being spent and where your necessities are being spent, you have more flexibility with the money that you don't have to spend on bills, right? Whether that's saving it or purchasing something, you have more flexibility. But if you know you make $4,000 a month and you sort of think that you have expenses that are, you know, are somewhere around you know $2,800 a month or something like that, and but you don't really know and you go out and buy something that's really expensive and you realize, oh crap, I don't have enough money to pay my bills because you weren't diligent enough with your budget. You weren't diligent enough with knowing how much money you make and how much money you have to spend to, to just for the base, you know, basic mortgage and car payments and food and things like that. So remember, I'm not saying you have to be obsessed in order to be flexible. I'm saying that the more you keep track of what you're doing, the more mindful you are, the more awareness you have around what's going on and education, of course, the more flexibility you're going to have, which is why I coach that way. I want to coach you to both be educated, but also have flexibility but also be, you know, on top of what you are consuming and how you're exercising. That if you can do those things, you're going to have a much easier time than the person who's just sort of like, "Oh, well, I trust this diet even though I don't really know what's going on." It's like, "Sorry, but if you're trusting someone else to try to help you with something that's extremely unique, you're going to run into some problems and it's not going to be fun at all." Um, so, yeah. So, I hope that answers that question. I probably went more in depth than than uh, was required, but that's my MO. That's what I do. I want you to be as educated about this as possible. If there's any type of question that you have that either expands upon this question itself, or maybe I didn't address something that is unique to a situation you're going through, feel free to reach out to me. You can reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook. You can email me. Um, if you don't have my email, it's just at Shane Hubbard Fit. Uh, or I'm sorry, not at Shane Hubbard Fit, Shane Hubbard Fit at gmail.com. Um, and then all my handles on social media are at Shane Hubbard Fit. Feel free to send me an email, uh, even if it's just to say hi, hi, I listened to your podcast, you know, thanks for your time or whatever you want to say. Um, uh, I, I love to connect and, and talk to everyone who listens to my podcast. But if you're shy, I also understand. Uh, I'm not saying you have to reach out or anything like that, but uh, it would be fun if you did. Um, 
Okay, cool. Well, I got all my boxes checked. Uh, that's, that's today's episode. Do you have to keep eating when you hit your macros, even if you're full? No, you do not. So anyway, that is today's podcast. Thanks for listening today, and I will see you in a future episode. Oh, wait, hold on. I always, I got to remember this. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to leave a review, even if it's just the stars, right? That that helps just as much as a comment. If you feel sort of uh, compelled to write a, a comment and you want to make some comments about the podcast, you know, a couple of people said it's a really easy to listen to podcast, which is awesome because that's my number one goal. I want it to be something that the the sort of lay person or someone who isn't in the fitness industry can listen to and and start to um, understand more and become more educated. I'm not making this podcast for fitness professionals. Um, that would be far too easy. I'm making it for you, the listener who is sort of lost and, and needs help and, and wants to do it in a very digestible way. So if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, that would really help me out. Thanks a ton for that. And with that being said, I will see you in a future episode.